Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. It's Milwaukee Admiral Center Ice with Mike Wojciechowski. I'm Aaron Sims. And the Admirals, it's like a college football schedule. You just got to go 1-0 and each week. And the Admirals, <laughs> the Admirals did that. They went 1-0 and last week, and now they got to go 1-0 and this week. And uh, as they take on the Texas Stars in the home opener Saturday at that's, 6 p.m. That's only for one more week. Because for only one more week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly then, right. then you got to go 3-0 and in the next exactly. week. Exactly. Uh, a, a really solid effort in the Admirals' 2-1 overtime win over Chicago. Um, you the, the ice was certainly tilted for the first two periods uh, in uh, towards Chicago at sometimes almost uh, like at an 85-degree angle. Um, but, yeah, the Admirals showed well. Some young players stepping up. Uh, Yaroslav Askarov was solid. It was a good night all around. To talk about that and much more is Admirals assistant coach Greg Rollo. Greg, would you agree with my assessment that uh, everything seemed to go pretty swimmingly here for your team the other night? I would say you're pretty spot on there, Simmer. Uh, we were very happy with the way our team played, especially being a younger team this season. It was great to see them kind of implement the things that we've been going over throughout training camp right off the bat. So lots of promise. I asked Carl if if with the team coming in, and, and guys, certainly you have players who are, who are back, but with players playing their first AHL game, is Chicago kind of a good place to do it in the simple fact that it's a short trip? Um it's fairly familiar because you played them twice in the preseason, but also you get the fireworks and you get the extended pregame and all of that stuff out of the way. So, like, okay, now now you're kind of – then you get hit and you're kind of in the league right now. Yeah, it was great. It was a good atmosphere in Chicago. They had a good crowd. They, like, they always do a good job with their intros and they're fired up, and it's really cool for our young guys to have that kind of experience. Like you said, it's an easy trip down to Chicago and – our guys did a great job and kind of getting implemented into the league. And for whatever reason, playing in that rink, I know from experience, like it feels smaller than a, a regular rink. And it's good to just let our guys get out there and, and feel it and be against the, the AHL quality competition that they're going to see throughout the year. Yeah. All right. Now think about it. Uh, do you get more worked up and more nervous as uh, Greg Rallo, the coach or Greg a lot Rallo when you played? I mean, it, uh, it's opening, for opening it, night it, or general? Yeah, no, it's opening night. I mean, it's opening night. You're, you know, I, how uh, how worked up do you get inside? Uh, I'll I'll shift the question to, I like I told a couple of the guys, I'm like, I'm so jealous of you. Opening night was so great as a player. Like you, you work hard all summer long and all that, you know, anxiousness and excited to be back on the ice and playing and competing with your teammates. That's the part of the game that I miss the most for sure. So. Uh, it was more jealousy than than nervous on and the game. I wanted to be back on the bench, but understanding the role and moving forward in life, that, that those things kind of get taken away from you. But um, really happy for our guys, and like I said, it, it was more jealousy than anything. So with that, is it because you have more responsibility and more things to look? I mean, certainly playing is is number one for everybody, but is it? I mean, you just have so many responsibilities. I'm just curious if you have the opportunity to get worked up or get. Uh, get the anxiety or, or all of that stuff, if you can enjoy it, it as much as you, well, I guess you kind of answered that, uh, that maybe you don't enjoy it as much or it's in a different way, perhaps. 
100 percent it's there's a lot of enjoyment um i don't want to not use that word because I, I love my job and i love what i get to do every day and for me it's just the preparation and stuff going into it is just getting the guys ready and then just feeding off their energy seeing how excited some of these young kids were on the bench and in the intros and the national anthem and it, it just it you get those little flashbacks and then moving into the game once the game starts you just kind of go right back into coaching and helping these guys you know teaching here and there throughout the game and kind of implementing our systems and making sure that you know the little details are there but at the same time letting the kids get their feet wet and play what the you- game. What you just said about teaching is interesting because I was going to bring up both you and Scott Ford had the chance to grab the board and, and draw plays for specific situations. But I'm curious, how explain to the fans, because I, I have an idea, but how much is going on, how much teaching is going on, especially in a game one uh, behind the bench while play is going on in front of you? I find a, I find there's a, there's a balance, especially early on in the season, just you don't you don't want to grab the same guy over and over and over again every time he comes back to the bench, even though there might be some teaching points for them. It's it's kind of pick and choosing which ones are really important to hit now or versus this week in between games, grabbing them and showing them on video. So it's more team structured stuff, I would say, on the bench versus individual stuff. If we see a certain thing that the Wolves are doing or a certain thing that we need to get better at, you kind of coach those aspects and. Me personally, I try to save that individual stuff for this week leading in, go back and watch some clips or watch shifts with guys and, and do teaching that way. As Aaron pointed out when we in the open, you know, we we have one game this last week, one game this week, and then we, you know, get in the three next week. Do you prefer starting out slower or would you rather just jump in with both feet and say, Let's just play? I would rather be playing games. I think any any coach or player would tell you early on you you get more substance, you get more things to talk about, to teach, to see your deficiencies or see your strengths as a team once you hit the games. You you can only do so much in practice and see kind of practice is your, your tool to use to improve in games. So, you know, being so light on our games right now, we have one game to break down for this whole week. So these guys will be getting a good gist of what we did against the Wolves and then moving into Texas and then as our season progresses, it, it gets it's not easier, but I'd say it's almost easier to coach the more games you play because you have more substance and you see the things you need to work on. Admiral's assistant coach Greg Rollo joining us on Milwaukee Admiral Center Ice. It's the tough thing about this league. Maybe the toughest thing about this league is you either have way too much time to practice or you have not near enough time to practice. <laughs> there's there's no in-between, it doesn't seem. There isn't the day or two in-between games. It's either all or nothing, right? Yeah, and it's, it's it changes depending on where your team's located. And all we we're playing Texas this weekend, and we see that they play two games this weekend, and they have a school day game this week, and then right. we play them on Saturday. So they're going to be going into their fourth game when we're going into our second game. It's there's just that kind of flow of thing of develop in the development league, kind of based on those things. So we'd like to find that happy medium would be perfect if you could. You keep talking about. <clears throat> About the the youngsters, uh, you know, mostly on, on on the offensive side. But I mean, how do you like the makeup of the team this year? I know I know that we don't have a whole lot to say about it. At the end, we're a Nashville product, but at the end of the day, you've got uh, you know you've you've got some youth up front. You've got a, a, a strong veteran defense core, and, and and you know some you know a couple of pretty good goaltenders. Uh, what do you think of the makeup? I, I'm really excited. Uh, I know there's a lot of expectations on these young players and. That's the thing as coaches and then as fan base to, to remember is that they are young players. They're very, very skilled. They're very, very talented. But there's going to be some growing pains throughout the year, getting them accustomed to the pro game, 
playing a lot of game, playing against heavier competition, and it's just going to be a learning curve. The the up, upside to this team is through the roof. We have tons of skill, tons of things that we need. We have great leadership. It's just going to be continuing to work with these guys to get the consistency that we're going to be looking for moving throughout the season. And, you know, hopefully we're in a position where we can be a playoff team and, and then go from there. What you mentioned about leaders, uh, again, talking with Carl, and he had said that the three players chosen as captains, Kevin Gravel wearing the C and the A is going to Cal O'Reilly and Roland McEwen, he said it was unanimous. Like those three guys were on every single person's ballot and, and that he had never experienced something like that. Uh, that's amazing, first off, and you do have three fantastic players and, and people right there, but that doesn't mean that the leadership starts and ends with only them. No, for sure, and and that's the great thing about our team and kind of how our, our team has been built even over the last couple of years is we have our captains that, that wear the letters in games and that people get to see that there are captains, but in the room you have guys like Angelo who is tremendous with young players and kind of takes them under their wing, and you have other guys like Grosser who's coming into a leadership role himself and Delgazzo and Igor, they're kind of growing with their voice in the room, so the support cast that supports our main three is, is excellent. And it's great when you have that backing in, in the room for those guys because, you know, they're not always the ones that have to bark at guys. They have a good support cast. Greg Rallo joining us. It's Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice. Um, two assists on Saturday night for Fedor Svechkov. Um, he, he, for his first North American game, and again, he, he's played pro in Russia, but for his first North American game, he was really good. And I, you get to see, like, I don't. you tell me, it doesn't seem like he's – he, maybe he flies under the radar a little bit. I don't know, but uh, it, it just seems like you look up and, and there he was. Like, you, you didn't think about him, you didn't think about him, and oh my goodness, there he is, and he's making the play. He, he He's one of those guys that you can, that I kind of talked about earlier, is just like, he's so young, but there's so much potential, and, and his skill set that he has, and the way he skates, and the way his hockey sense is probably his greatest asset is, you can see as a young player, his decision-making is very, very good. And those types of things, it's it's not to put too much heat on him early and put too much expectations on him, but uh, I expect big things for him this season and his growth this year and then moving forward um, in his pro career. You know, he's, he's one of five Russians on this team. It, how does he communicate? I've had limited interactions with him. He seems okay, but again, it was very limited. It's how are you and, and things like that. I'm just curious, when it comes to hockey, how challenging is it for a player who doesn't speak English as his first language to uh, pick things up? Or is hockey pretty universal and it's pretty easy? Uh, I would say from experience, I played a year in Germany where I did not speak the language at all. It's very difficult moving to a foreign country. I was older when I did it. I was in my 30s when I went over to Germany and played, and I never felt more uncomfortable in my whole life. Just the simplest thing of going to McDonald's was stressful because you didn't speak the language. So I can feel for, for these kids, but he does a great job, and if he doesn't understand something, he'll come grab me. Like This is like the... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talking about how he's a pro already and, you know, is. He's a beyond his years. Is he's not afraid to come ask me questions and have me explain things further to him. And then to take one step further, Igor has been really good at translating. Say, if, if he doesn't understand it, we can grab Igor and he'll translate what we're trying to say. So good on Shvetch to to understand those things, and he wants to learn. He's a hockey player. I you really know, enjoy working with him. And what you just said about Igor, I think, cannot, because you had talked about Igor coming into a, a leadership role. It's his third year in Milwaukee. Um, so it's it's assumed that that would be the case, right? Because he's been around for a little bit and he's had success. He played 17 games in the National Hockey League. Um, but that's, again, part of his evolution. I think we saw it last year with how valuable he was on the penalty kill and, and what a great playoffs he had last season for your team. And, and now we're seeing it here with how helpful he is um, being a conduit for players who need help communicating. He was, he was that for Yarrow last year, and it, it's great to see it continue this season with uh, with Svetch. For sure, and he's 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 a good person too. That's I really like that about Igor. He's been easy to coach, and he's been receptive to us, you know, in his entire time here. And to see him continue to grow and to implement the things that are going to make him successful, it was great to see him get his opportunity last year and do pretty well when he was in Nashville. And I know that's his goal this year is is to get back there and. Uh, he's had a great training camp, great start to the season, so he's definitely on the right path. You know, <clears throat> special teams have, have always been a trademark of this team since uh, since Carl and, uh, and Scott and, and yourself have been here. The special teams have always been in the upper echelon of the league, and the penalty kill was outstanding the other night. And uh, How much do you guys work on that early in the season? Is that, is that something that you wait till you pretty much a cut-down date and then you get it heavily into in the power play and penalty kill? It, there's a good mix for sure. It's always tough to mimic special teams, the pace and the execution and the kind of intensity as a game like. But Fordo did a great job, and Carl, like going over the details of what we're looking for on the power play and penalty kill throughout video and then walkthroughs in practice. And I know Fordo had a meeting before uh, on the ice to kind of just, you know, hunker in the, the details of what our PK needs to do for different situations and different reads. So they do a really good job at teaching it so the guys that understand it. And then, you know, going forward, there'll be tweaks here and there, and those things will be handled through meetings throughout the week. We saw the other night uh, the teams combined to go 0 for 15. I don't think that's ever going to happen again uh, as far as, well, any the Admirals are, are considered for the rest of the season. But I used to think that one or the other, the power play had the big advantage, right? Because years ago, in baseball, they said in spring training, the pitcher early in the season, pitchers have a huge advantage on the hitters because the hitters haven't swung at live action and all of this stuff. And I kind of had that attitude with power play, penalty kill, power play. People want to play offense and penalty kill is going to be tougher and all of that stuff. Uh, am I wrong in thinking it, thinking that way? Or is it, does it depend on the season? Does it depend on the teams? Where am I at here? Yeah, I think a little bit is we, we had a little bit of turnover this year, so we do have new power play units for sure. I think penalty kill is, is pretty standard across the board, kind of guys that have penalty killed in the past. They penalty kill, and you kind of work off each other. But power play, it could take a little bit of time to kind of get in sync with each other and, 
and make the read uh, of each other on your power play units. You can see we had some good looks and good chances, but uh, the amount of skill and talent that we have on our two units this year, it's a matter of time before they start clicking and we start seeing their true skill come out. And and part of that skill is also just that you need to grunt and get to the front of the net, right? There's a little bit of that always. Uh, sometimes early on in power plays, you need more of a shooting mentality than the couple pass mentality. So I know Carl does makes that a big emphasis is the three attacks per minute. He wants he wants us attacking the net constantly on the power play. You have the man advantage, obviously, you're on the power play, so you don't want to sit and pass it around on the outside the whole time. You want to attack inside and get a lot of it looks on the net early. Yeah, just uh, just know by, by the way that if you forget to shoot, the crowd will remind you <laughs> to shoot. Uh, just so you know, I mean, because because usually we're about fifteen or twenty seconds into a power play, working it around, and the chorus of "shoot" comes flying yeah, out of the crowd. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's great. Is uh, tell me about Dennis Gurianov. I think we're surprised to see him here. He had a rocket of a shot for the first goal of the season on Saturday night. Um, is he the? If forgive me for not knowing this off the top of my head, but I'm trying to think. Is he the first guy you played with who you are coaching? Uh, that's a, well, for sure I played with him. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to I'm, think back. Con- I am Connor too. Brinkley, I played with for a short stint in San Antonio, so he might have been. And then Rocco, we kind of I've known Rocco for a long time, kind of playing against. Not sure if our paths ever crossed, but for sure uh, Gary was the the first one that I had full seasons with and. He was a rookie when I was with him, so he's very similar to Svechkov. He his English and all those things when I first had him he was very raw and very new. So me and Travis Morin, who's now the assistant coach in Texas, definitely had him under our wing and and helped guided him through the American League his first year. Well, he certainly looked the part here the other night. My goodness, what a shot uh, to tie the game up on on Saturday night. I mean. You look at this team on paper, and I know a lot of things can happen, and you can't get too caught up in, into that. But, boy, the way it, the way it went on Saturday and, and all of that, and there's 71 games to go yet, but it it, it felt good. And maybe that's it just does, the anticipation have, of the season coming on too. But I just think over the overall of the balance of our team, we, we had meet, coaches meetings a little bit today, and just – uh, you can see the video from the weekend. We have a smart hockey team, and, and that's good. Like, uh, There's a lot of hockey sense throughout our room right now, and that's that's the stuff that sometimes is difficult to teach, and our guys have it, and they're making the correct reads early in the year, and they are implementing systems correctly. And Those are the positives of our team. And then the balance of our four lines that we had, every line just kept coming and coming and coming. So those things are key for us, especially early on in the year. It's good to see. And Texas uh, coming up, as you mentioned, they got a couple of games this week, and you'll see them Saturday night at 6 p.m. in the home opener. So Wojo asked you about the opening night, but how about the home opener? How special is that? I think it'll be great. Uh, coming off last season, our fans in the playoffs, it'll be great to, to get a game back at home and get the support and have them see our new guys, see the new pace. I think our team is very young, but we're very fast and energetic and should be entertaining games for sure. Looking forward to it. Greg, thank you as always for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll see you later this week. You bet. Thanks, guys. Admiral's assistant coach Greg Rollo joining us and what he said. And listen, uh, he said the, the pace and all of that stuff. Um, 
you notice it. And I tell you what, uh, Chicago did a nice job putting together a team. And, and think about this. This was they don't have 10 scouts like uh, NHL. They're not affiliated, right? As long as they so got Ubi. They exactly. Got that's just it. They have Wendell Young and they have Gene Ubriaco. Yeah. And, and they did a nice job putting together a team. Um, this is me speaking. Uh, these are my sentiments. Um, I don't know that Chicago will have the overall team speed. They, they were a slow team. And it's not, not a knock against the players who are there, but they just don't they don't have the number one draft pick who's 21 years old or 20 years old that's coming in who's got all the speed in the world, the second, whatever. They don't have those guys. Um, they had to raid some of the top players in the ECHL. They had to get guys who are 26, 27 years old who look at themselves as maybe not having a future in the National Hockey League, but they still want to play in this league. So those are the guys they had to get. And, and again, they put together a nice team, and they're going to win some games, but they're going to have to control the puck an awful lot, I think, because if they get if they try to get into a foot race with anybody, they're going to uh, – they have Rocco Grimaldi, and that's kind of it from what we saw here the other night. You know, and, again, no – this is completely – I'm not saying this to be disrespectful. I'm just saying that's the challenge. We, we talk so much about what we are – we are curious to see how they handle. At, yes. at least after one game, that's what I saw. They're going to be well coached. They're going to – they have smart players. The hockey IQ down there is off the charts with Schneider and Rocco and Donovan and Chris Terry and, I mean, all – Corey Conacher. Um, but I just, I just don't know that they are going to be able to go – 15 rounds and, and rope-a-dope somebody. I mean, they, well, that's how they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to rope-a-dope somebody, hang in. And the, you know what? They darn near did it here the other night. Yes, actually. Oh, no question. So, I mean, you know, I, you know, one question I was going to have, I thought about asking is, how do you feel? I mean, you basically got them outshot 2-1 to one and at some point 3-1. to one. Yeah. I mean, we're down one nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, a, it's, it's impressive. But that's that, that's that even keel we saw last year, right, from this team. So that's a, that's a nice thing to – Hopefully that lasts 100 games this year. So we'll see. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right, get back into June. We're going to take a break. When we come back, new Admirals defenseman Jake Livingstone will join us. You're listening to Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice. Welcome back to Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice with Mike Wojciechowski. I'm Aaron Sims and joined now by a guy who uh, played his first AHL game on Saturday night and, and did really well. And uh, but Wojo, it's not his first professional game. I know he, you know, he signed one right, right up to Nashville, right to Nashville out yeah. of Mankato, uh, and uh, and played five games for the Preds. Had a point, and uh, they have high hopes for him. We have high hopes for him here, here in Milwaukee. Obviously, he's defenseman Jake Livingstone. Jake, thank you so much for the time. Uh, how's everything going for you? It's it's a, it's a new situation. You've been in Mankato. Maybe you were in dorms. I don't know where it, at all what your living situation is, but now you got to figure things out here. And uh, how's it going learning a new city and all of that stuff oh, after a couple of weeks? Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I had to have my, uh, my girlfriend come out and help me look for a place because otherwise I'd have probably just found some, some crappy apartment that <laughs> all I had to have was a bed and a, you know, in a fridge. But 
she had to come help me out and make sure that I'm happy when I when we go home and stuff like that. But it was pretty much it was it's a little different than college. College we had a, a house with roommates, but it's all it's a gated community with all college students, so you kind of know where you're gonna live, and you just gotta you just gotta sign a lease. But here is like you have to find where you're gonna live, what the price is gonna be. But like other than that, college is a little different just because of same price, same houses, everything was sure. identical. Sure. Yeah. How was the opening day experience in Chicago for you? What uh, did you uh, did, uh, did you enjoy that uh, that first American Hockey League game? Yeah, I mean it's always fun. Like uh, I'll never I'll never say I don't have fun when I I'm, I get to play the game I love for a living. Um, it's pretty it's pretty special, and especially um, everybody has a dream and aspirations, right? To to get to that next level, and that's just kind of a, a this, this league and everything is a stepping stone to that, and it's. It's still uh, it's great hockey and it's it's a lot of fun and the guys are always great so it's pretty cool after the anthem there the fireworks kind of scared scared the hell out of me but other than that it was <laughs> you nobody it's the nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition line from the Monty Python movie nobody yeah. expects uh, nobody expects this in Chicago after that but now you know now you're savvy now you now you get all of that where did uh, where did all of this start how did hockey start for you uh, growing up. Um, I, uh, I started playing probably, oh, I don't even know when I was maybe three or something. My brother, he started when he was five. So, it's, uh, I always wanted to follow him. He's my older brother. Kind of once he started playing, I had the itch. So I got to play a little, uh, a little earlier than he did. But yeah, I was probably around five. I was in salmon arm at that time. And then I, uh, played minor hockey all the way through, uh, Creston and Creston, British Columbia. Just, you know, small house hockey. It was never... Everybody wants to play in the NHL, but it wasn't really realistic until probably around college and going into juniors and stuff like that. That's such an interesting thing, right? Like you and I were talking here a couple of weeks ago. Mankato has churned out a lot of players specifically the last, let's say, eight to ten years uh, to the National Hockey League that – I don't know that, like you said, I don't know that they were on anybody's draft boards when they were 15, but they certainly have proven to be quality, quality NHL players uh, since then. Is that one of the reasons that Mankato appealed to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was probably the biggest reason, and obviously the coaching staff that was there. They are now at uh, Wisconsin and they're pretty close by here in Madison. So right. At the time, they were they were really good, like uh, Todd Kanad, uh Darren Blue, um, Mike Hastings. The Darren Blue and uh, Todd Knott were they're kind of the recruiters, and they do a really good job in finding late bloomers. And we've had I could list off 15 guys that are late bloomers that ended up being uh, all Americans in Mankato, and you know going to play pro hockey somewhere. So that aspect of recruiting and finding the right guys, and then I think after once you get there, uh, Coach Hastings does a phenomenal job, and so does Notter. He runs the D. And they do like he will forever be the hardest coach that I ever played for, but I wouldn't be anywhere where I am without him. And then his knowledge for the game and helping me develop and not forcing me to play one way, but allowing me to play the way I want to play and the way. And he just kind of guides you. He doesn't tell you what he wants you to do. He tells you what he wants you to do, but he doesn't force you to do it. He just helps you guide you and prepare you for the next level. And like, that I will I, I give the world to that coaching staff I mean they were they were awesome for me and like to this day I still talk to them I tried to get out a couple of Sundays ago to their uh 
their opening weekend there in Wisconsin, so I could go catch up with a couple of my old teammates and the coaching staff, but I never did get the chance. You know, they, what you said, though, about uh, about churning out these guys, um, one of those guys, his dad played here. His dad was an absolute legend, Dave Mackey. Connor Mackey is one of those guys that turned into this all-world defenseman at Mankato and, and found himself in the National Hockey League. Yeah, exactly. He was one of those guys that, you know, he was a getting healthy scratch his 19-year-old year in the USHL and had a really good 20-year-old year in the USHL and then came on to Mankato and just kind of blossomed from there. And like I said, like they don't force you to play a certain way, but they guide you. And that's kind of the biggest thing is allowing players and guys like him and myself and Hiroshi, like guys like that, they just allowed us to be ourselves, but helped us progress that got us ready for the next level. So after three years at Mankato, you, you decided to turn pro and you, uh, you, you're you a free agent. Is that, is that, is that what, what happened? Yeah. I mean, it was probably not getting drafted. Uh, like I said, not getting drafted at the time when I was 18, and I was like, I'm probably not going to the NHL. So I wasn't really too concerned about it. But honestly, that's the best thing that ever happened to me, not getting drafted and being able to choose a place where I want to be and a place that wants me and a place that has opportunity. And that's what I found in Nashville. And um, I'm so grateful that I made the choice I did. And it was, it was pretty easy for me because of the people that they have in this organization from top to bottom. So who is, who, who does the sale selling then? Like, the, like the, you have basically they're, they're trying to sell their wares, right? They're selling that we're the best place for you. We're the best, pl- all of that stuff, right? It's a big sales job. You, you need some, first off, you need some strong people around you, family advisors, whatever it might be. Uh, maybe all of the above. Um, but what was it about the Nashville sales pitch that made you think Nashville's the place? Um, I think it kind of had a lot to do with um, being pretty family-oriented and, like, caring about the people. Um, I'm big into that, and I was huge at college, too. Like like I said, like, I, Hastings was the hardest coach probably I'll ever have in my entire life, but at the same time, like, he'd call me in his office and say, hey, like, are you doing all right? Like, everything's all right, like, at home, like, stuff like that. Like, little things like that that goes a long way in people's success. And I found that here in Nashville and Milwaukee, like everything from top to bottom, like I said, um, it's pretty, it's pretty tough too. like the sales pitches are always, you got to take it with a grain of salt too. Right. right? Like, and I found some teams promised the world. And I knew that them promising the world wasn't true because Hastings has had players that have moved on and, have been promised the world and never got those things. So what I wanted from them was them to be honest with me. Like, this is what's going to, this is how it's going to be. This is how you're going to have to be. And this is how, this is where we see you and stuff like that. And that's like, I was like, the biggest thing for me was honesty. And like, I don't need you to tell me I'm going to come in. I'm going to play top four minutes in the NHL right away. Cause I knew deep down, like I know that that was not the case. And that's usually not the case unless you're a Connor Bedard or, a, you know, right. like guys like that. Right. So, once the team did that, it was kind of like, all right, I'm not doing that. But it's pretty tough to, you know, stay humble about it when you have all the GMs flying into Mankato, all these people coming to meet you and giving you these pitches. But honestly, it was most, like, connected with Nashville's, uh, like, upper management staff and all the recruiters, like Greg Dreschel, he did an awesome job, Jeff Kelty, like, stuff like that. They were just, they were always present, and that kind of, that goes a long way with me, like, stuff like that yeah good uh, how would um how would you describe your game you know I mean, you got uh, fans that are going to get a chance to uh, you know some fans are going to get a chance to see it for your first time here on saturday night and 
talk up a little bit about your game. What uh, what what do you pride yourself on? What type of defenseman are you? Um, I'd say um, I've always been had a uh, super offensive side to my game. Um, I've enjoyed that, and I love getting points and scoring goals, and like everybody else does. But I know that in my label, there's a, a label called defenseman. So I also <laughs> I also take a lot of pride in defending, and you know I've always I've always enjoyed playing at the other team's top lines and having that pride and and not allowing them to be as best as they can be. So I'd say like definitely a two way guy. I, I, I played on the penalty kill my whole life, the power play. Like I just think that. I'm a pretty well-rounded defenseman that, um, you know, needs work on both ends still. But at the same time, I think two-way defenseman is kind of what you're going to get from me. Well, and I th- oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say your your stats would back that up, right? And you, you said at Mankato they encourage you to play uh, and just play. And one of the top scorers among the blue line and also one of the top shot blockers on the blue line. So, I mean, it, right there, I think it shows that that's, your, that's, in your, uh, that's on your resume. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I take pride in blocking shots. Like I think there's nothing more that kind of gets me more excited than when you block a big shot and like the, the bench gets fired up for it. You know what I mean? Like yep. guys, guys give you credit for little things. Like, and that's why I think um, at Mankato they did a really good job of that. Like it wasn't all the fancy goals they gave credit to. They they gave more credit to the little things that it's like, hey, you did this really well. Like we love that. Like it was more. They let you know the little things, and then you start to figure it out. Like, hey, this is what I need to do, and like, I'm not going to be uh, Quinn Hughes in the NHL. That's just not how I play. Like, I need to I do the little things, like block shots, be on the penalty kill, and you know, work my way that way. Yeah, I just you know, I'm still amazed at the shot blocking. I mean, I, I when I watch when I watch our team, when I watch hockey, and you know, the amount of shot shot block and shot blocking that goes on. Yeah. Versus 10, 12, 15 oh, it's years unreal. ago. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a small percentage of the shots get to the goalie where, that, that did a few years ago. I mean, what's the thought process? I mean, I mean, I you know, I happen to think it's a little bit crazy, but I mean, what, what's the thought process of diving in front of a guy that's firing up a, you know, 95-mile-an-hour shot? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's something that you don't really think about in the moment. It's just kind of like this is my job. This is what I, I should do. So you kind of do it. And then obviously, like, you earn a trust and a type of level of like enthusiasm from your goalies that enjoy it. And you, you, like I said, when you hear the bench and all that stuff, like everybody promotes it, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's a good thing. Everybody like you get noticed for things like that. Like there's not a whole lot of, there is a lot of guys, but there's also a lot of guys that could probably play at certain levels, but they don't do the little things like that, that cost them careers, cost them, millions of dollars in their bank account because they won't do the little things right jake uh, we can't wait to see you on home ice on saturday night at panther arena six o'clock against the texas stars thanks so much for doing this uh here tonight we appreciate it uh best of luck and we'll see you at the rink yeah thanks guys i look forward to seeing you Jake Livingstone, Admirals defenseman. We're going to be joined by Admirals President John Greenberg to tell us about opening night festivities. That's coming up next. You're listening to Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice. Welcome back to Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice with Mike Wojciechowski. I'm Aaron Sims. And opening night, the home opener, I should say, is coming up on Saturday night, 6 p.m. against the Texas Stars to talk about that. And much more is the president of the Milwaukee Admirals, John Greenberg. You were there on Saturday night in Chicago. Um, go 1-0 each week. That's what you got to do here. It's college football. Uh, But 
what your thoughts on on what you saw out there from the from the visiting team now the home team coming up on Saturday? Yeah, I uh, I wasn't sure what to expect because we didn't know what in the world to make of Chicago. Right. Uh, but I thought that our guys played a really good game. The speed was noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it was this more of one speed from one side and less of speed from the other. But right. um, our guys played with good pace. Uh, really, I thought controlled the puck for. A good portion of the game. Yep. Um, you know, getting a little more traffic in front would probably may have netted a, an extra goal or two along the way. Uh, penalty kill was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nine for nine. I <laughs> uh, thought the uh, referees may have been a little uh, over eager to uh, get themselves into the game. Over eager and very demonstrative too with their calls. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when, when you get an unsportsman like uh, the first penalty of the year, yeah. you know, that that's really yeah. Somebody trying to, you know, show that they're out there, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get fined. So we're going <laughs> to just leave it at that. So I thought that was great. I enjoyed watching uh, uh, Fader Svechkov play. I thought that that was, uh, um, you know, I had never seen him play a game right, before because right. when he got here last year, he was never really out there. And uh, he was noticeable. Yep. And I thought that was great. So, you know, it's you know, between that and I just – I thought you could see some uh, maturity from Yarrow uh, in the net and uh, some really, really good five-alarm saves out there. So, uh, But, you know, it was good to kind of, I think, for the guys to play somebody else in anger. Finally get, you yeah. know, and uh, now we'll take a week off and get ready for the next one. Yep. So how excited are you for opening night here? <laughs> well, uh, this will be my, my 19th season and my 18th opener. Obviously, the one year we didn't play, tossed that one out the window and uh, – uh, coming off of last season and the excitement that was built here all the way into early June, um, yeah, I can't wait to get started again. I think yeah. this team is very much uh, uh, capable of getting back to June hockey again, and I think that's going to be you know a really good thing to, to see. And I'm excited to play in just in front of our fans and in front of our building and put on our show and do the things that uh, that we do really really well here. And uh, we're excited to you know get that. That enthusiasm back in the building. I would love to have the crowd be like it was at the playoffs on uh, opening unreal. night in October. It was unreal. You know, you know what's funny is, and John Greenberg, Admiral's president, joining us, I didn't even consider the playoff run going into this season, right? It just It's kind of two separate animals. But I know there's a bu- there was a buzz, and there is a buzz, and, and Greg Rollo pointed it out. He's like, I can't wait to get back in because of how good the fans were in June. So Gre- Greg said that earlier in the show, and that's – Again, I didn't think about it until Greg said it, and what you just said. I, my goodness, what a memory! What yeah, a memory! Fans were so good and so into it, and uh, uh, that's just that atmosphere. You know, you want to bottle that, yeah, and you want to bring that out every single game. And uh, you know, it's that, it's hard to do that, but I'd love to be able to. I was going to say, how do you how do you do that? Because they're not all going to be right. Like we get into. We get into February, and it's it's not going to be uh, it's not going to no. be necessarily all of that on the line, right? No, thirty six nights of uh, putting on the the show and trying to create that type of intensity. Yeah, um, yeah. There's going to be some nights where it's a little flat, you know, but uh, uh, we try to minimize those to the best of our ability. And I think once you start to build the momentum and crowds, you know, kind of build on themselves that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you know then there becomes an expectation of how much fun this is. Like, if you were at a playoff game last year and you didn't have fun and you weren't really into it, I'm not sure just, what you were looking right. at. I mean, you've been calling these games forever, Wojo, and, and John, you too, between the two, between baseball at the major league level and, and this. 
like you didn't need the artificial stuff whatsoever for the playoff game. You didn't need to play uh, the Ramones or or something like that to get people going. They were they were students. They knew what was going on. That was a lot of fun. Not saying that it's not fun in February. But I'm just <laughs> saying that it, you know, it was a different animal. Oh, there's no question, right? There's no question about it. I mean, it was you know, but our our fans are so passionate. I yeah. mean, they really, really are. Like, yeah. like when I said to, to to Greg about shoot, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if if you didn't if you didn't throw up the first shot on the power play in the first fifteen seconds, everyone's going to let you know. Thousand advisors <laughs> letting you know. To, yeah, what to we do. got all kinds of assistant coaches going <laughs> shoot. Right, right, <laughs> exactly right. So what what are we doing opening night? If if we can give, uh, are there any surprises? Are there any that we don't want to talk about or <laughs> a- anything like that? Well. Uh, you know, we'll be doing some of the things we always do. You know, everybody gets a magnet schedule, uh, mm-hmm. thanks to our good friends at Pepsi. Uh, so that'll be uh, you know a great thing to take home and throw in the fridge, so you always know when we're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, get here early. Uh, you know, I always tell people be here for the warm up. You know, the guys to have that energy when they go on the ice for the first time here. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Be in your seats for the introductions. I think uh, the open video that we've done uh, this year is unlike anything we've ever done before here. Um, you know, when there's makeup artists and professional actors involved, you know that uh, you got something special. A set was built, the whole nine yards. Wow. So um, I can't wait to see the finished product. I saw it, you know, in progress, but I haven't seen the finished, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, all of that and then just, a, you know, being here to, to celebrate the return of hockey again. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just a, a really special and energetic and fun night to be around. You know, a lot of buzz uh, about Tesla. I mean, you know, even even our, our producer, uh, you know, it, you know, uh, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, 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 uh, Jeff is we're going to be producerless on uh, that night because because <laughs> Jeff's going to be here enjoying enjoying Tesla standing in the front, yeah, yeah. So Tesla, it's great to uh, to bring them in. That's uh, first time we've had them um, in our concert series and hugely popular at Summerfest this summer. Uh, big crowd there, and they sounded great. I listened to it for a little bit and. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. And John Bitter, our VP of Ticket Sales, has been uh, uh, hoping that we could do this show for a long time Uh and a lot lot of reasons uh, uh, to bring in Tesla. And that's going to be a great way to kick off the the post-game concert series. I will break the news that uh, the Badger Band, we haven't announced it yet, is coming back on uh, Saturday, January the 20th, so the week, week before Tesla. Uh, the Badger Band will be joining us. So uh, we've got three other shows that we're going to be announcing here over the next uh, few weeks and a full concert lineup and uh, to go with all the other great entertainment we're going to be doing their course of the year. Real quick, in the last 45 seconds we have, I think it's our third home game. It will be our Veterans Day night, right? Yep. Our salute to the military? Yep, November 4th. November 4th, and that's always one of the best nights of the year. It is, for sure, and uh, we're glad that we're able to uh, find a day to, to do that. We're gone on Veterans Day this year. We're on the road somewhere, so uh, we are glad to get it in on November the 4th. All uh, active military and veterans, uh, free tickets uh, go through uh, the USO, and they'll get the information to us, and we will uh, help you uh, get into the building so we can honor you. Face-off 6 p.m. on Saturday night as the Admirals open up the home schedule against the Texas Stars. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, John. We'll take a break and wrap things up next. You're listening to Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice. One final time tonight, Milwaukee Admirals Center Ice with Mike Wojciechowski. I'm Aaron Sims. So the home opener, 
No. I don't know if, if people if people haven't heard in this show, the home opener is a Saturday night, 6 p.m. against the Texas Stars at UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena. Uh, we want you there, obviously. Um, it, it's, there's nothing like opening night. But that being said, we will also have the game not only here on the radio, on the Big 920 and your iHeartRadio app, but Mark Van Gilder will join me once again this season. It will be the first of our uh, schedule of television games as well on My24. So very excited to be back with My24, partnering with them. And uh, we'll have that for you 6 p.m. on uh, My24. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I tell you what, and, and it's so much fun. And, and having them as a partner and you know, really being able to expose our game to to uh, to everyone. It's been great. Yeah, it's been a great partnership. There's no doubt about that. So opening night for you. Uh, in our last 30 seconds, what does it mean to you? Oh, just exciting. I mean, I, it just, yeah, I, I, I mentioned last week, I'll have butterflies. I'll be all like, I'll be jumpy. I'll be, I'll want to run up to my booth. I normally get into my booth about an hour and 10 minutes early. I'd like to get up to probably two hours early and just, yeah, just, yeah. I just get excited. Soak it in. Yeah, absolutely. And then you crash? No. Like actually, all the adrenaline no, leaves and no, you just, it, it, you know, literally pretty much on a high throughout the entire game. Yeah. I, I don't, mean, I, it's yeah. so much fun. I mean, it is, it's. I mean, you, you might have the, the next best gig, but I tell you what, it's, I got the best gig. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah I agree. I, I got it pretty good. Uh, we got to wrap things up. Thanks for listening tonight to Milwaukee Admiral Center Ice. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.